Oh, hi, everybody. This is Sissy Jones, and you're listening to The Sound Architect. Now go send the hive back to hell. Hello, and I am your host, Sam Hughes. Welcome to The Sound Architect podcast. I am extremely delighted to welcome back the incredible Sissy Jones. Thanks for joining us, Sissy. How are you? Yay, I have Flaley Kermit arms. Hi. Awesome. <laughs> now, not only are you one of my favorite guests of all time on the show, I have realized that you are now our most recurring guest ever so far. So thank you so much. I'm like, I'm like your personal Alec Baldwin. I would happily have that. Yeah, a personal <laughs> Alec Baldwin. That sounds quite interesting, actually. What would he do? I don't know. He's been, he's the most, he's been the most, the, oh my God, I talk words for money. I do. <laughs> he's been the host the most often of Saturday Night Live. So listen, ah, you're okay. like Saturday Night Live and I'm like Alec Baldwin. I'm just saying that that makes you Lorne Michaels. Go shave your head. Oh, okay. I better go and do that. <laughs> so what's been going on in your world recently? Oh my gosh. It's been a really good year for so many reasons that I can't tell you anything about. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course. Always. Although I did just have a really wonderful game come out uh, two weeks ago called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Ah, yes. Uh, I can talk about that one. <laughs> Fantastic. So tell us more about your role in that. I play uh, this incredible character called uh, Bertha. And she is um, a woman who's kind of down, down and out in Depression era America, trying to find work wherever she can. And then she starts hearing rumors of unions and... Um, all of these things that could help her get back on her feet. Her husband has taken her children and, and she's just trying to scrape by. It's a really fascinating game and that it's not one that you're going to finish and be like, I'm going to conquer the world. But it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful look into the stories that have built this country. I mean, the cool thing about Yanaman and Dim Bulb Games is that they went into not only, you know, stories of white people, but their stories um, told by Native American people, told by African American people, told by, um, you know, children and, and migrant workers. It's it's a really incredible endeavor. I think they had 22 different writers on the game or something incredible like wow, that. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, and it's, it seems very well informed then. Yeah. For a game yeah. of that ilk. Yeah. And so were you just the one character? <laughs> I was just the one character. I only one. ask because I know sometimes you have been multiple characters. <laughs> what? Uh, it was funny. There, I, I was at a my own birthday party a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was a Golden <laughs> Girls themed birthday. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was great. So most of my friends came dressed like old biddies and it was wonderful. But there was a photo of myself, Owen Thomas, Melissa Hutchison and Aaron Ash all of whom are, are a part of the Walking Dead universe. And, and yeah. Aaron tweeted the photo out, you know, surprise, uh, Walking Dead alternate timeline where all of the characters live to be in their 80s, including <laughs> these 256 characters. Anyway, <laughs> Amazing. 256. Yeah, I mean, that sounds quite a low number, actually, as a ballpark figure. I think it's more like 2,560. Like... You know, whatever. <laughs> Who's counting? <laughs> 17. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, we've, we, as, as I've said, we've had you on the show a few times now, and it's always a pleasure. And we've asked you about your background. We've asked you about how you got into voice acting. But I want to kind of ask you, what's your philosophy and your approach to voice acting? What would you say that, that would define the way you look at voice acting and the way you approach it? Confidence. Yeah? If you don't have confidence, you don't have nothing. Um, I think it's so important. I, it was funny. I was just watching a clip from Amy Poehler right before we jumped on this call. And she was saying that um, creativity is this incredible thing. And it feels like a, like a nice warm hug. Um, but a career 
is like a bad boyfriend. <laughs> it never calls you back. It flirts with other people right in front of you. It's never going to leave its wife, you know. Um, <laughs> that is not the best analogy ever. <laughs> yeah. And so treating a career in entertainment or potentially any career uh, is like having a bad boyfriend. The more you ignore it, the more it wants you. <laughs> and so, you know, I think for me, a big part of, of um, what changed uh, from being constantly auditioning to constantly booking was honestly having confidence. Um, and I have a great relationship with my agents and, and, you know, we, uh, we are constantly in communication to make sure that he's happy with what I'm turning in. And if he's not, then how do I shake it up? Um, which I think is incredibly important. If you don't have a feedback loop, you got nothing. Yeah. I mean, communication's everything, right? Yeah. I've also become really adept at forgetting auditions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you have to really learn to do that, I bet. <laughs> it's, I used to hold on to everything. Oh, God, I really want this union spot. If I could just get this union spot, it'll blah, blah, blah. If I could just book this <laughs> animated show, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just. And now it's like, I, I literally got called in for a video game uh, two months ago. And they were like, oh, yeah, do you remember this audition? And I was like, no. <laughs> they played me the audition. They played me my audition. And I was like, yeah, I got nothing. I, guess I know that's, that's my voice, but I Sounds don't remember. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, it, and it's honestly, it's helped me a lot because uh, holding onto those things just creates a sense of desperation that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. But I mean, in the beginning, surely confidence obviously is, is, is harder to have in the beginning. Did you have to not really fake it, but did you have to kind of go, right, okay, come on, you got this and just kind of prep yourself and... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I spent a good long time really hoping I was good enough, just really hoping I was good enough. And um, <laughs> I got a call from my agent one day. And he was like, oh, my God, you're so desperate. I smell it in your slate. It's <laughs> like, if I smell it, they smell it. And nobody hires desperation. Wow. And he was right. He was totally yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah. uh, I just moved. My husband and I had just moved to Los Angeles. And he was still commuting to the Bay Area. And, and I was like, I'm not booking. And we moved here for me. And I better make it. And... Um, <laughs> And so, you know, what I did was I started taking classes with people that I trusted. Um, I started doing workout groups with people that I trusted. I started doing workshops in front of casting people. And when you start getting the feedback of like, yeah, that was great. I'd hire that. You know, that creates a sense of confidence. And that gives you the ability to go forward and be like, okay, I'm not a dummy. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know how this works in general. I just have to make sure that, uh, you know, the name Sissy Jones is something that people can go, oh, yeah, she's good. Yeah. You know, instead of like, I don't know who this person is. Why should we take a chance? You know, and so it's it's also a lot of um, a lot of networking. You know, yeah. I I like to tell people nowadays that because <laughs> I'm such an old hat seven years in <laughs> uh, that what I do is like 10 percent talent and 90 percent hustle. And yeah. and that hustle is going to the workshops and going to the to the meet the director nights and making sure that they know who I am so that when they get 3000 auditions for a single role, my name will spark recognition. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And, you know, I happen to enjoy it, but for my, my more introverted friends, it can be a real struggle. Yeah. And that's something I was going to say that obviously 
acting is known as, as not being much of an introvert's world, but there are quite a lot of introvert actors, contrary to popular belief, right? And and how how do you think they handle the, the confidence thing? Do you think they put on a persona or do you think, I mean, how, how does one handle that? I don't know. Um, I, I've never been an introvert. Um, I've, I've been blessed with my, my dad's personality that I could pretty much talk to anybody. Um, but I do have a lot of good friends who are very introverted and, you know, we'll make a point of going to an event together and I'll, you know, I'll kind of play wingman cause I, I have no <laughs> doing that. Um, but otherwise, you know, I think it might be more of a solitary game for them of, of, you know, again, having feedback with your agent and making sure they're happy with what you're turning in yeah, and, yeah. uh, and asking, you know, what else can I be doing type of thing? But I, I honestly wouldn't know otherwise. Now, obviously, as we, with all people, you know, things like confidence come and go in certain amounts, right? So I know from from my experience, I've definitely had bad days as well as the good days yeah. in terms of <laughs> in terms of confidence and everything. So, do, I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be able to say the project or anything, but have you ever had a moment where you feel like it's the confidence that let you down on an audition or that let you down at that particular moment where you're like, damn it, I knew I could have had that if it was a different day? I mean, probably. But again, yeah. the forgetting part. <laughs> You've just got too good at it now, Sissy. That's no, what you is. know what? I did have a callback for for a role on an animated series. Um, and it, it's a reboot of a series that was big when I was a kid. And God, I wanted that role. And, that, you know, I asked them, like, because so I got in for the for the thing and they were like, what, uh, uh, you know, here's your audition. Here's what you did for us. Just have a go. And I was like, well, what about that audition? made you bring me in. Hmm. And the guy said, um, he said, you took my breath away and you gave us all goosebumps. And I was like, well, shit, I got this. And then I never heard anything back. Oh no. <laughs> I'm devastated. But you know, it's also like, who knows, who knows? It could have been that, that, you know, they were just bringing me in to see if I could do that. It could be, it was a formality and they hired you know, Catherine Zeta Jones. I don't know. It could be, it could be anything. It could yeah. be, it could be they were eating a bad sandwich when I was there. It could be that, you know, who knows? That's the problem when so many people are involved, right? Totally. And it's such a mind screw, this business that you just, listen, I lost that one. And that's the one that, that I, that still sticks in my craw, but oh, well, I booked another one that I've, that I'm super excited about that's coming out in September and I can't wait for everybody to see it. Right. Awesome. So it swings and roundabouts, really, and you have to deal with the punch, roll with the punches, obviously. Totally, totally. You know, m most of the advice we get from voice actors on the show is you have to learn to take re rejection really well. That, that's kind of the, the one thing you have to learn quite quickly. Yes, and <laughs> um, I, used to, I used to go to a, a workout group in the Bay Area when I lived up there with this incredible woman named Eileen Casas, and, or Eileen Harder now, she's gotten married. Um, but she used to say it's selection, not rejection, which it's very true. is comforting in, in that weird woo-woo kind of way of like, okay, yeah. they do have 200 people auditioning for this one character. And let's say you're one of five to get a call back. That's a pretty good step. Yeah. And at that point, it could be a stiff, a stiff breeze that blows them in one direction. You know, um, doesn't mean that the checks are going to cash and I get to put it on my IMDb profile, but to have that callback and to at least know that the people in that room were impressed with what I had done. Okay. I'll take that. You know? Yeah. They selected somebody else. Bummer onward. Another thing that's been said quite often is that your job is auditioning as opposed to the actual acting part. 
so obviously the voice acting and booking gigs is a part of the job that's where you make the money but your job is most of the time auditioning is that true yes because once you've gotten the job you're getting paid yeah right once you get to the session even if they recast you you're getting paid but your job is to audition well yeah and 99.989 percent of the time what you audition is not what goes on the air yeah right so let's say you get a you get an ad for you get a piece of coffee for McDonald's. You know, come to McDonald's this month for bleh, 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 only two ninety nine a bleh. You get asked to say Blair a lot. Is I know that in your contract. Like... Come on, McDonald's. <laughs> you know what it's going to sound like when it's on the air. Yeah. But if you turn in what it's going to sound like on the air, so are the other two thousand and nine hundred ninety nine people. So why? What's going to make that stand out? So you have to find a way to say, hey, come by McDonald's. We've got bleggity bleh for only bleggity bleh, 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 bleh. You know, <laughs> to make it at least viable, but interesting. Yeah. And not cookie cutter. By the way, that is now my favorite McDonald's read ever. I know. Listen, <laughs> call me. Um, but I mean, that's, that's, that's the hardest part to do because you get in a rut of like, okay, this is what it sounds like. I do a grocery store around town and it's real perky. You know, stop by Ralph's this week for broccoli, only two ninety nine a bunch, right? That's what they want every time, which is not my normal placement. But now every time I see like a high retail piece, I immediately go to this place. <laughs> it sounds fake if I just put it on, right? I have to actually understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a game. It's all a game. Yeah, and it's a crazy game, really, because there's so many spots, so many emotions, so many roles that are going around. I mean, do you even know who you are anymore? <laughs> no, there's, I'm just schizophrenic at this point. <laughs> Yeah, you're just a blank slate at home now. They're not even Pretty a real much. person anymore. Just this empty husk, like, who am I today? What? <laughs> joke. And then my kids are up at five, and I am exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-coffee sissy, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. Something go down two octaves. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a pretty kick-ass person in the industry, I would say. You know, you're quite vocal, you're quite active. You're not exactly just keeping your head down and cracking on. You fight for a lot of things that are worth fighting for. Um, now, obviously, there's been a lot of sensitive material going around in the industry recently. There's um, obviously the International Women's Day yesterday, which is fantastic. How how far do you think we're getting? Do you think we're getting there in the voiceover industry? Because, I mean, there's even been scams recently as well that have been caught out again. And But do you think we're, we're getting there in terms of equality, diversity, and a, and a really nice industry? No. I think conversations are happening, Yeah. but I don't, we're nowhere near equality. I mean, if I walk into my agent's office and let's say I've got 10 pieces of copy for my audition session, my male counterparts have 30 to 40. Wow. Really? Yeah. It's, and I, and I, I get, I get a good amount of copy from my agents. I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate. I have a great relationship with them, but men are getting, you know, 10 X the opportunities because it's, it's still just the way it is. I mean, look at trailers. You know, I just did a, I did a scratch for a, a big action adventure, huge franchise coming out. Um, and they were like, let's see what, what this sounds like with a woman. And they ended up going with a guy who books all the things because that's what a tra trailer voice sounds like. Yeah. It's like the whole inner world thing. Yeah. But at least we're getting, the conversations are starting, you know, you're seeing more, um, more capable females in video games. You're seeing more 
interesting three-dimensional women or even non-binary characters in video games and animation and, um, you know, things like that. I'm getting the opportunity to read scratch on trailers and I'm booking some of them. Right. So it's, it's, it's starting, but it's not there yet. Well, um, as always, there's a long way to go, right? Yeah. But the conversations is the, is the beginning and there's a lot more happening online. There's a lot more people being vocal about it. Yeah. And it may not be much in terms of where we need to be, but it's a, a good start, right? Well, it gives me hope for my kids. You know, I've yeah. got, I've got two small daughters and you know, representation matters. Um, I, I have a friend who's a writer. Um, she's an incredible writer on crazy ex-girlfriend and she posted a whole thread the other day about how, uh, when she was a child, she didn't think women could be screenwriters because Oscar never uh, celebrated female screenwriters. You know, there was, there was never any women nominated, uh, let alone winning. And then you started seeing, um, best original screenplay every now and then you'd get a woman, uh, adapted was never a woman because producers never wanted to take a chance on women. Um, and so she she's made it her mission to go be that woman for her own daughters. I have another friend who was just the first woman in history nominated for cinematography for Mudbound. Oh, wow. Um, she's incredible. She's such a badass. <laughs> and she had to do 11 indie movies, highly regarded indie movies. I'm talking Fruitvale Station, um, Mudbound, um, you know, all these other incredible movies. She had to do 11 indie movies and have a director go to bat for her before she finally got Black Panther. Wow. Right? And now she's the toast of town. Yeah. Right? But she said, you know, for her male counterparts, they do three to four small indie well-regarded films before they get a massive blockbuster. Right? So <laughs> the conversations are starting, but we've still got a ways to go, I guess is all that is to say. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I apologize for springing that question on you as well. No, I mean, listen, it's important to it's important to talk about. Yeah, exactly. These are big things that need to be discussed. Especially in, in this incredible little niche of the industry that we have. I adore voiceover. I love the people in this business. I love the projects in this business. Um, most of the casting people are incredible. Most of the directors are incredible. You know, I've probably come across three a-holes in my time in voiceover. And it's, it's so incredible. It's so incredibly rare to find someone like that and then be like, okay, well, you're not my people and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, whereas I have a lot of friends who do on camera and it's every single person you meet is out to get you. Yeah. I can imagine on screen acting is a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, there's a, there's a story going, um, that's gone public that was just in CNN and, and, and everything else about a voiceover coach who, uh, has assaulted over 50 women. And because of the me too movement, they were able to find each other. There are 56 of them. And when I found out, I was so furious. That is horrendous. I was like, this is voiceover. Like, that doesn't happen in voiceover. And I know that sounds so naive, but, ah, uh, it just drives me nuts. And if anybody has had this experience with this person in New York City, tell Sam to put you in touch with me and I'll get you in touch with those women. And just a little PSA. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyway, that got real heavy. <laughs> it did. It did. But I mean, it's good that we're having the discussion, as we say. 
But uh, moving on from from that to to hopefully what is is lighter things. Uh, what's lying in store for you next? What can you tell us behind the wall of NDAs? Uh, there's actually a really sweet animated series coming out on Amazon, I believe in September, called Little Big Awesome. And I have a super fun character in there that I can't tell you anything about. Awesome. Um, yeah. But she pops up in several of the episodes, and I get to sing at one point, cover your ears. Um, but it was it was so much fun to work on, and just a, just a dream come true. Incredible cast, incredible crew. Um, I can't wait for it to come out. I'm so excited. Um, there's also going to be some pretty massive video game announcements this year, um, probably closer to September. Excellent. Uh, and I can't remember if I have any others coming out before that. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting too good at this forgetting, sissy. That's what it is. Getting too good. Trained yourself too well. Listen, it's a sanity thing. Okay, don't mind my cat walking behind me. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a preserve your sanity thing. That's that's all. <laughs> well, we definitely want you to do that. You don't want you going insane anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it may already be too late. I don't know. And well, yeah, wait, far too late for that. Um, I will be at GDC uh, in a couple of weeks, and then I'll be at uh, PAX East in Boston in April. Awesome. And then ba, 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 I'll be in London in June. I'm so excited. I am too. I, I'm crazy excited. It's going to be so good to have you back in the UK. I can't wait. So if anybody wants to come take a class from the VoiceOver Network called Get Your Game On, I will be there. Excellent. And it's quite convenient timing as the day of re we're recording this is also a year today, you told me, isn't it? Of the nominations for the BAFTAs. That's right. One year. When you also found out you were coming to the UK. I know. So... <laughs> You just have to come every year. You know that. It's going to be something. I am okay with that. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us again, Sissy. And I look forward to hopefully speaking to you again soon. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, everybody at The Sound Architect. You guys are always such a joy. Ah, oh, so awesome to have you. Thank you so much. Mwah.